0: Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in his word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Well, this morning, I want to get right into the word. I want to tell you, uh, how many would say, I know what it's like to face challenging situations? Right? I'm not talking about you stump your toe. I'm talking about you go through a season of a challenging situation. Maybe it's physical with your health. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relational with your marriage or your kids. Maybe it's emotional, something that's plaguing you emotionally. I want to tell you this morning that God has help for your challenges. And today I want to talk about how you can keep the faith through the fire of life. And I want to share this with you. For just a few moments, and what I mean by a few moments is absolutely nothing. I'm just going to share with you for a little bit about this. And then to close the service today, I want to challenge everyone in the room that if you're facing a challenging circumstance of any type, I would like the privilege, and we're going to pray for you at the end of the service, and pray that God would keep you through the fire and bring you out safely on the other side Because God is wanting to give some of you a testimony you don't have right now. But when you come out of the fire, you're going to have a testimony that you don't have. Amen? If you will keep your faith through the fire. Have you ever heard the phrase, where the rubber meets the road? Right? Uh, There's some other phrases that kind of go along with that. uh, Like this one. It's when you put your theory into practice or it's where the real work begins, or it's where the hypothesis is put to the test. This is one of my favorite ones, where the fun starts, right? Or, uh, this is also one of my favorites, welcome to the real world. How many would say that challenges are a normal part of our life as Jesus followers, And sometimes life has a way of reminding us that we live in the real world. I know that on Monday mornings you live in the real world where there is a real adversary of your faith, of your family, of your life. And I want to talk to you this morning because God gives us some instructions about how to respond when our faith is tested, when circumstances are challenging. What do we do when life turns up? the heat. This series is called Not Home Yet, and I just bring up the series title, remember, remind us that uh, our response will not be what the typical response of the world would be. Uh, Brandy kind of mentioned in our prayer point this morning that the weapons we fight with are different, so God gives us instructions how to respond when our faith is tested. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 12, if you've been with us, we're just walking our way through the book of 1 Peter, it brings us to chapter 12. It says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed, for the Spirit and the glory of God rests on you. If you got a real live Bible, or if you got a digital Bible that's able to be, you can highlight it digitally, I would challenge you to underline that phrase, and the glory of God rests on you. Did you know it's very possible that the glory of God rests on you when seasons seasons come where you don't even know it? If you will keep the faith when you're going through the fire, Though you may not feel it, the glory and the promise and the provision of God will rest on you. If you suffer, the word says it should not be as a murderer, or as a thief, or any kind of criminal, or even as a meddler. That's how I know Peter was from Arkansas because meddling is an Arkansas word, right? I don't think they say that anywhere except for in the Bible and in Arkansas. Don't be a meddler. Quit. When I was a when I was in kid, we used to like when I was a kid we used to like this in, in school. Quit meddling me. You know that phrase? Is that too too far south Arkansas for you? Quit meddling me. That means stop messing with me. That's what that means. Some of you are like glazing over. I have no idea what he just said. (laughs) Quit meddling me. It says, "Don't don't be guilty of meddling. Don't be a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it's time for judgment to begin with the family of God, and if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it's hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to be good. Father, we know apart from you we can do nothing, so I pray this morning that the anointing that comes, the help that comes from God to preach the word would rest upon me this morning. I also pray that the help that comes for hearing the Word of God and open our ears, our hearts, and our minds to hear the Word of God, that help that comes from your spirit would also come to every listener today, whether they're in the room, watching online, or listening to a podcast perhaps weeks or months from now. Lord, let the Word of God work. Let it work in me. Let it work in us today as a church, and we'll give you thanks for it, and we'll be faithful to respond to what the Spirit of God would say. Everybody in the room said, amen. Peter says There's a blessing, I want to slow down when I say this, so I can make sure you hear me. Peter says there's a blessing that comes, and I would say it only comes as you go through the fire. Peter, in the middle of this passage, he kind of turns everyone who is reading this letter, he turns them upside down. He says, blessed are you when you're persecuted for my sake. He says, don't be surprised when trials come. Do you know why Peter says don't be surprised? Because everyone he's writing to is thoroughly surprised. They are surprised. that Hey, I thought I was, since I was a Jesus follower, I thought everything would be hunky-dory. I thought, you know, my, I'd wake up in the morning when I burp and smell like rose petals. Everything would be happy because I'm following Jesus. But Peter says that's not the way it works. As a matter of fact, the most, the most uh, famous sermon in the Bible preached by the greatest preacher in the Bible, Jesus, found in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus goes on. You can read about it later. But Jesus, he turns all the assumptions of people in his day, he turns it upside down. Or perhaps he turns it right side up, depending on how you look at it. But he says things like this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meat, for they're going to inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. When you're, How many of you understand when you're thirsty, you don't feel filled? When you're thirsty, you don't feel satisfied? But Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you with and utter all kinds of evil falsely against you on my account. He says, Re- Rejoice, because your reward in those moments is great from having Jesus turns everything upside down or right side up. And the reason I bring that up is because Peter is sort of sort of turning people's perspective about when they're going through. Suffering and reminds them that even when you're suffering, that the Spirit of God can still rest on you. And if you're if you're keeping the faith through the fire, I want to tell you with authority this morning that the Spirit of God is resting on you. I want to say that again the Spirit of God is resting on you. If you will keep the faith, if you are keeping the faith, Through the fire, the Spirit of God is resting on you. Well, pastor, I don't feel it. It doesn't matter. We don't walk by feelings, we walk by faith. If you're keeping the faith in the fire, the Spirit of God is resting on you. Well, pastor, I don't see it. It doesn't matter, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Well, pastor, I don't see it, I don't feel it, I don't know where it is, but listen, here's what you do. You keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and his Spirit will rest up on you. What that means is the Spirit of God is resting on you, guiding you, protecting you, and keeping you every moment that you keep your faith in Jesus. What on earth is the enemy up to in my life? I'll tell you what he's up to in your life. He's trying to keep you from keeping the faith. Because right now the Spirit of God is resting on you. Peter says, if life turns up the heat, don't be surprised. If life turns up the heat, let me just speak against a lie that some of you believed. There are some people that would say if life has turned up the heat, then you must be doing something wrong. I've heard people say if you really love God, you wouldn't have that struggle. If you were really faithful to Jesus, you wouldn't get sick. If you were really faithful to Jesus, you wouldn't have that problem. If you were really faithful to Jesus, your kids wouldn't go that way. Can I tell you, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Problems come to all of us. Peter said, don't be surprised when they come to you. But instead, keep your faith and your faith will keep you. I would challenge you. You wouldn't have people just begin to tell you, you know, if you were doing the right thing. Now listen, if you're doing the wrong thing, wake up. But, if you know you're honoring God, don't give place to that voice in your life. Instead, Peter says, when you go through the fire, I hope you picked up on this. He says, there is a blessing for you to receive as you go through the fire. He says, blessed are you When others are persecuting you, when others are reviling you. Blessed are you when you're having to go through the fire because when you come out of the fire, the blessing of God is going to be greater on you when you come out than when you went in. Though it may not be fun, attractive, or anything you desire, if you will keep the faith through the fire, you're going to exit that fire differently than what you went in on. So, Pastor, what do I do when I'm faced with the fire? That's the message today. What do I do when life is challenging? What do I do when life is hard? How do, I, how, do I, how do I keep the faith when the fire comes? And if you're in the middle of a fiery season, if life is challenging today, here's how you keep the faith in the fire. Number one, don't be bewildered. I know we don't use that word a lot. But don't be bewildered, surprised, or overwhelmed by the size of the fire. He says, don't think that something strange is happening to you. Now, I think it's important to realize that that Peter does not minimize people's pain. And this morning, I am not in any, any context whatsoever. Am I minimizing your pain, your challenge, the depth of your hurt, or the hugeness of your mountain? I'm not minimizing the hurt of your past. Are the, the hurt of your present, Are the challenge of your future. I am not minimizing any of that stuff, but friends, nor will I let any of that stuff minimize the greatness of the God that I serve, that he's able to do abundantly above all I could ask, think, or imagine, so I'm not going to be surprised by the size of the fire. See, do you understand that the enemy hopes that he can paralyze you with just the size of the fire. Do you remember those three Hebrew boys in the book of Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? And the king said, everybody's going to bow down and worship this image, and what did they say? We're not going to worship it. And so the king shouted down, and he said, Hey, guys, we've already said if you don't bow down, we're going to throw you in the furnace. And they, so the king said, I want you to turn it up seven times hotter than it already is. Now, let me tell you, it don't matter if you get thrown in a fire at level one or level seven. Either way, you're going to be a crispy critter, right? The only reason the king turned up the fire was one word, intimidation. The first fire would kill you just as dead as the seventh fire. Either way, it's not going to be good if you're thrown in there. But he turned up the fire because, you know, the the hotter a fire is, though what you put in it will be just as burnt, you can feel the effects of the fire from further away. The enemy is hoping that you will simply feel the effects of the fire, though it may be far away. He hopes you will feel it and retreat instead of standing for the Lord. So you can't be paralyzed by the size of the fire in your life. Do you know the most commanded word? And all of Scripture, the most commanded verse, the most commanded command in all of Scripture is just real simple. Do not, tell me, fear. I know you already know this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Do you know that that command is given 365 times in the Scripture? Last time I checked, there's about 365 days in the year. So every time when I wake up, the Lord's got a brand new verse to remind me that I am not supposed to fear today. I'm supposed to live by faith and not by fear. Well, pastor, how does the enemy paralyze us in fear? Well, It may not be a blazing fire like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. It may be some kind of, some kind of doubt in your mind that says, you know, I really, can't, I really can't trust God with that part of my life. I mean, if there's a financial challenge coming the enemy will whisper things like this, and listen, you better hold back. You can't afford to continue honoring the Lord the way you've been doing it financially. He'll, he'll challenge he'll he'll. Because he'll build a furnace in your life saying, you know, you. I know that person at work, they asked you about your faith. They asked you what gave you hope. They asked you how you got free from your past. They asked you how you got loose from that addiction. They asked you how you went from death to life. And people can see it all. But, but if you share that with them, it may redefine the situation. You may never fit in again. You better just keep your mouth shut instead of sharing your faith. He'll tell you, listen, if you take that step of faith, it's going to cost you more than you really can imagine. He'll tell you that standing for righteousness is not going to make a difference and it's only going to cause you trouble, so just keep quiet. See, what the enemy does is he he turns up the fire. He makes the fire bigger, if nowhere else, just in our minds, in hopes that you will be paralyzed and stop following Jesus forward. I want to tell you, when you feel the heat get turned up in your life, remember, it may be a new problem, but he's still the same Jesus. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. He's the same Jesus that opened blinded eyes. He's the same one that, that sent an angel to walk prison, uh, walk Peter out of prison. He's the same Jesus that said, listen, living for me and experiencing persecution, it's just par for the course, but I'm going to be with you even to the very end. So don't be surprised. He's still the same. Listen, the fire may be huge, but I also want to remind you that Jesus is still with you. John chapter 14 says this, But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Do you know what happens when we refuse to run from the fire? you know what happens when you decide, I'm going to stand for Jesus in my personal life, even if I have to stand alone? Well, we know one thing that happens, I said in the opening verse, is the Spirit of God rests on you. Even if you can't see it, feel it, sense it, sense it in any form, He rests on you. You know, there's one little fact to it I'll share with you. If you'll go back and read the book of Daniel, you will never find any evidence. You remember what the king said when he threw Meshach, Shadrach, the bed to go into that fire? He he called someone over and said, Hey, hey, come here. My eyes are messed up. Didn't we throw three guys in? And then he said, But I see four of them. And one of them looked like he's not from here. Right? Something different about him. Did you know there's no scriptural evidence that those three guys ever saw the fourth man in the fire with them? But he's with them. Even if you don't see him, he's with you. So keep the faith in the fire because no matter how huge the battle is, he's going to be with you. And even though the fire may have taken you by surprise, remember it didn't take him by surprise. Secondly, secondly, how do I keep the faith through the fire? If you're in a fire this morning, this is so important. You have to keep the prize before you. But rejoice as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed. What's that next word? When? Did you say this phrase with me? When? Not if. Not maybe. But when? That you may be overjoyed. When? When? Did you know as a Jesus follower, you are not walking out 55, 65, 75, 85, 95 years of the, uh, on this earth just to exit into, into oblivion. But when you're a Jesus follower, you are on an eternal path with Jesus. And there is the definitive, unchangeable wind that one day we will go from standing on planet earth to standing in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're going to be in his presence and we have to keep that prize before our eyes. Peter said, Rejoice right now, because you know you're going to rejoice with him then. Rejoice now, because your participation in this real suffering is an indication of the real reward that is coming. Hebrews says it like this, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the, listen to this phrase, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. What allowed Jesus to endure the pain and the agony and the suffering of the cross? He had joy set before him. Well, what was that joy? You could say it was your salvation and my salvation. That was definitely part of the joy. You could also say that he had this one priority. He wanted to please his Father. So, through all of the pain and the struggle, the crucifixion, He kept the joy. He kept the prize before him. Listen, I don't think any of us will, I don't know if any of us will physically feel the amount of pain in our bodies that Jesus felt. I don't don't know. But even if we did, in some circumstance, find the same amount of physical pain that Jesus went through, how many understand that Jesus didn't just feel physical pain on the cross? He also felt the weight of the sin of the world. He felt all the bitterness of the world, all the suffering of the world. He felt all the weight of my sin and your sin and people who have sinned for thousands of years before and, and however long that we have left on this earth. You know, doctors and psychiatrists will tell you that that mental Stress can cause physical pain. Relational stress can cause physical pain. Imagine how much additional physical, mental, emotional, and relational pain that was added to the body of Jesus. And he got through it. Kept his mouth in check. Kept his heart right. How did he do it? For the joy set before him. He kept his eyes on the prize of pleasing his father and redeeming mankind. When you and I, when we are going through the fire, the only way we keep our faith through the fire is we keep our eyes and our mind and our vision focused on Jesus. I read a story one day and I I assume this is true, I wrote a story about a POW who was kept in prison for a season of time, I think it was several years, and they asked him, how did you survive your time in captivity? And they said one of the things he did was he got up every morning and he would think about home. The reason this story kind of caught a lodging place in my mind was, every day he would wake up and he was laying in his bed or on his cot or whatever he had on the floor and he would play 18 holes of golf at his home course back in the states in his mind he would imagine what it was to walk up to that first green and hit the ball where his ball would land he would play 18 holes of golf every day in his prison cell in his mind he was Keeping a visual, that's how he kept kept a vision of home alive in his heart. It gave him something to look forward to. Can I tell you, we have a lot more to look forward to than a round of golf, amen? We've We've got an appointment with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I like what Romans says. He says, I consider that our present sufferings is not worth comparing to the joy, to the glory that we will receive in ourselves when we see him. Listen, there's not a fire on this planet that can burn out the faith of a person who's learned to fix their eyes on Jesus. I'll put this statement in your notes for you this morning. It'll be on the screen. I'm convinced there's a direct correlation between what we can endure and what we can envision. If we can set the Lord before us, we can endure anything. Number three, we don't often think about this when we're going through trials, but did you know new levels of battles release new levels of grace in your life? If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed. When you're injured, when you're assu- insulted, when you're assaulted, when you're attacked, The moment that happens, the Lord is going to release a blessing in you, His grace in you, that will see you through that moment. I've read stories about, uh, you can even think about uh, the first martyr in the New Testament, Stephen. Stephen, who was uh, killed, beaten with stones. The Word says that, as he was breathing his last breath, he had a vision of heaven. He could see heaven open, and he said, "Lord, lay not these charges against these guys who are doing." You know how he? I'll, I'll read statements like that, and I'm like, "Could I? Could I be that spiritual?" I mean, I've lost my. Please forgive me. I'm just going to be honest. I've lost my religion for a lot less. Okay, okay, y'all haven't, but I have. Y'all are more spiritual than me. I get it. I understand. I'm working on it. But I'm just, I have have lost my witness for a lot less than that. And here's Stephen praying for those who's persecuting him, praying for those who who are about to snuff the very life out of his body. And I pray, Lord, I wish I had that kind of grace. you know what the lord gives us the grace we need but not till the moments we need it and so when I walk through a battle that I don't know how I'm going to get out of, I can have confidence that somehow, if the Lord has led me to this, the Lord will lead me through this and lead me out of this. That's His will. You know, the Apostle Paul, he prayed several times. He said, Lord, I've got this thorn in my flesh. We don't really know what it was. We don't know. Some people think it was a, a, an eyesight problem. Some people think it was a physical pain. Some people think it was a, a person who was following Him, who was always antagonizing. We don't really know. There's a lot of guesses. But he said, Lord, I've got this pain in my flesh, and I was just, Lord, would you just please remove this. And the Lord said this to Paul. He said, listen, my grace is more than sufficient. You know what that means? That means if that pain got worse, his grace got more. Right? His grace was more than sufficient. If you're in a battle today, if you will keep the fire, if you will keep the faith in the fire, there will be more grace that comes to you. I also want to say this to you. If you run from the fire, you're running from the grace that God has for you. The men and I are doing a study on Tuesday nights, man up. We've got one or two sessions left this Tuesday, but even if it's the last one, we would love to have some more guys join us. There's about 20 to 25 of us to meet on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock, but we've been walking through uh, the life of David for the last few weeks and you know if if you don't guard the sheep the the sheep that's a combination between sheep and something else if you don't guard the sheep you don't get lion slaying bear killing grace if you don't charge the field you don't get giant slaying grace if you don't honor the current king, you don't get the grace to be the next king. I've seen people in my life, I've seen, I've seen preachers, I've seen leaders, I've just seen people in, 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 in functioning in the kingdom of God where where I have often thought man like it's like they're they're just next level in what they're doing for the kingdom and I thought man I would love to have that next level of grace in my life but without exception every time I interview someone who's on the next level so to speak I discover they went through a next level fire before they received that next level of grace And if you spend all your life running from the fire instead of keeping the faith, you are robbing yourself of a deposit that God wants to make in you. Does that mean that we're eager to run to trouble? No. Does that mean we earn the grace of God? No. But it does mean that he is faithful that when the enemy turns up the heat, God just pours out more and more grace on our lives. Number four, Megan, if you want to come, it might fool people into think I'm quitting. Number four, if you're keeping the faith through the fire, this is a big one. Just because you're done wrong doesn't give you permission to become wrong. He said if you're suffering... It should not be as a murderer or as a thief or any kind of criminal, even as a meddler. It says in verse number 19, that if you're keeping the faith through the fire, that you should continue to do good. So if you find yourself in a fire today, I want to ask you to spend about 30 seconds answering this question. What is the source of this fire in my life? See, I've discovered there's usually two sources of the fires in my life. Number one, it's an attack of the enemy. Or it's because Greg did something stupid. You ever make stupid choices? You ever had to walk through the fire that you set yourself? Come on, am I preaching to... One of the most frustrating things I, I can forgive people who set a fire in my life pretty easily, but I, I can I get ticked. I know it's not very spiritual, but I get ticked off when I have to walk through the fire I set myself. So here, here's the disclaimer: you have to read. Sometimes the fire in our lives comes because we've we've been a meddler. We we meddled in things, we dabbled in things, we opened doors to things that we shouldn't have been opening doors to, and when you open the door to a fire, guess what comes in? Fire, right? Have you ever watched the instructions when a house is on fire around you? What do they tell you? Before you open the door, what do you do? You feel of it. And if it's hot, what do you do? You don't open it. Can I tell you the world it's full of opportunities to destroy you. They're looking for ways to kill, still destroy your faith. Fill the door. Don't open it. So examine the source of your fire. If it's, if it's me, if it's, if it's you, repent and move on. But more than often, I've discovered that fire actually most often comes through the enemy. And do you know how the enemy brings fire and trials to your life through people. The fire of the children of Israel came through a man named Pharaoh. The Apostle Paul, I'm going to preach a sermon on this one statement, the Apostle Paul, one of his writings says this, remember Alexander the coppersmith, he did me much harm. Here you know where this guy is? He brought the fire. It was a season of fire for Paul. You know, Jesus had to walk through much of the fire that he had to walk through on planet Earth. It was not because of people far away from God. It was because of Pharisees and, and, and the local powers that be. But remember, when that happens, we are fighting the source, not the person. Ephesians chapter 6. You've already heard it today. Our struggle is not against people, but against the rulers and authorities. Our struggle is with a spirit. I want to ask you to say this with me. My struggle is with a spirit, not a person. When people are attacking you, it's easy to say, well, that person is, is, is out for me. No, it's the spirit that's behind that person that's out for you. So I'm going to fight that battle with the help of the Lord, not with my own help. Because number five, this is so important. I hope you get this. Realize the fire reveals who belongs to him. Verse 17, this scripture has always kind of bothered me. If you read the Bible the right way, you're going to discover... Scriptures that bother you, that challenge you. You wonder, what does this mean? It says, for the time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what does that mean? Judgment begins with the family of God. What it's talking about is the fire. It, it's actually a gift to us because it reveals who is really with you and who's not with you. There's a famous leader, if I called his name, any of you recognize him. He went to prison back in the 80s. And someone interviewed this, this guy from his prison cell, and they said, they asked him, has, has this, these choices you made, has this plight, this condition you're in, has this caused you to lose a lot of friends? Because it's world-renowned, world-known. And his response was this. I have not lost a single friend. I simply discovered who my friends are. The Lord uses the fire. And friends, I could spend another hour right now. A lot of what's going on in our world today is the Lord is revealing I got. We're gonna pray in just a minute, but I gotta say, I, I need you to go home with something you don't like. Okay? Do you know what it meant? You know what it has meant to say I'm a Christian for the last 40 years, my whole life. You know what it's meant to say I'm a Christian in the U.S.? Nothing. Pastor, why would you say that? Because the people say that I'm a Jesus follower live no differently, act no differently, prioritize the things of God no differently than those who really are. Identifying as a Christian is as simple as checking a box on your Facebook account, religious beliefs. You get a a census from the government, Christian. Don't pray, don't read the word, don't give. Hadn't been to church in 40 years, but Christian. Christian. But in these last days, one of the things the Lord is doing is he's, he's bringing he's bringing a little bit of fire to the church today, to the world today. He's bringing the fire, and he's making it real easy to see those who are with him and those who just kind of check the box, right? Pastor, that that is that is not loving. That can't be in the Bible. If it's in the Bible, it's going to be sweet. If it's about Jesus, it's got to be sweet. And that doesn't seem very sweet. Then whatever you do, whatever you do, do not open the word of God to John chapter 6, verse number 66, where the Bible says that from that point on, many people walked away from Jesus. And Peter said, Lord, people are walking away from you. And Jesus simply said, "You you want to go with them? The door's wide open. Jesus didn't chase after them. He didn't say, listen, if y'all will come back, I'll stop saying silly things like, someday you're going to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. I'll, I'll stop saying that kind of stuff if it's too hard for you. No, no, no. He's let them go. And Peter wisely said, no, no, no. I'm going to keep the faith through the fire because here's what he said. Where else can I go? You alone have the words of life. How do you keep your faith during the fire? You have to realize that He alone has the words of life. That, that this, this circumstance I'm going through is not going to lead me away from God. It's going to lead me closer to God. So I want to see you bow your heads this morning. Two modes of prayer. Number one, if you're not a Jesus follower, i got good news for you. Jesus does not... Promote us getting our stuff together before coming to him. You can come to Jesus in the middle of your fire. There is nothing he would rather you do in the middle of your fire, in the middle of your challenging circumstances. There is nothing Jesus would rather a sinner do than come to him and let him change your life. Let his spirit rest upon you. Whether he challenges, changes the fire or not, he would let his spirit rest upon you. If that's you in this moment when we pray, I would challenge you to come. Let us pray with you. But secondly, I want to talk to all of us believers this morning. You cannot be so spiritual. I wish it was true. I wish you could be so spiritual that challenges can't come to you anymore. It's not true. Paul was pretty spiritual, but he had a thorn in his flesh. Stephen was pretty spiritual, but he's persecuted for his faith. Peter was pretty spiritual, but he gave his life as a martyr, being hung upside down, according to church history. I'm just telling you, all of God's people. All those who are committed to Jesus, at some point, fire will come to our life. It may come through sickness. It may come through financial hardship. It may come through relational difficulty. It may come through some issue with our kids. It may come through emotional distress. It may come through mental anguish. It may come through things that I can't even imagine right now, but the the enemy is, is consistent trying to paralyze the people of God by turning up the heat, but I want to tell you if you'll keep the faith in the fire, his spirit will continue to rest on you and be seen in you and be seen on you today, every head by every eye closed say, Pastor, I love Jesus I love Jesus I love him but I'm in the middle of a fire right now just lift a hand real quick, this is me, Pastor, pray for me I love Jesus Amen. I love Jesus. But I'm in the middle of a fire. Amen. Amen. Up in the balcony. Amen. See those? I want to pray today. If you're in the middle of a fire, that you would keep the faith in the fire no matter how big it is no matter how long it's been going on no longer no long, no matter how how much you feel abandoned or alone I would remind you the spirit of God can and will rest on his people even in the middle of the fire if you'll keep the faith in just a moment I ask the congregation to stand if you lifted your hand today for either one of those altar calls today I would love to pray with you I'm not going to Ask you any details. I just love to pray for you. And just a moment, when I want to ask the congregation to stand, would you get out of your seat? Would you come forward? I want to ask when we do that if our deacons will come and help me pray, our life group leaders will help me pray. So if you'll move, you won't be moving alone. But we love to see the Lord help you keep the faith in the fire. Amen. If you stand with us today, man, if I want to get our deacons to help us out, if you lifted your hand today, would you come forward this morning? I would love to pray for you. These others are coming today. Say, God, I need your help. I need, I'm committed to keeping faith through the fire. I'm committed to keeping the faith through the fire. Amen. Several will come. If I can get our life group leaders to come help me, our deacons to come and help me, their spouses to come and help me. Congregation, would you stretch your hands towards these this morning that have come? Would you pray, Lord, help them keep the faith in the fire? Someone up here that you love and you want to come partner with them in prayer, more than welcome to do so. Let's pray, God, help them keep the faith through the fire. Help us today, Lord. Help us today, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for this couple this morning.
1: and God. In deserts and gardens, he has good.
0: Hey, thanks for those of you that stuck around while we pray. Would you lift up your hands all across this room this morning? And would you just say, Lord, I'm committed today. Lord, I'm committed to you, Lord. No matter what comes, no matter what happens, no matter how hot the fire may be turned up, I'm going to follow you, Lord. I'm going to keep the faith through the fire. I'm going to keep my faith in you no matter what I see or I don't see. No matter if the trouble seems to be little or if it seems to be everywhere. Lord, I'm going to keep my faith in the fire. I'm not going to be forded by the enemy. I'm not going to be paralyzed by fear. I'm not going to run from the fire. But Lord, I'm going to follow you even if it means I follow you through the fire, believing that faithful is the one that began a good work in me He and only He can finish it. We receive that. We declare that. So, God, I pray today the blessing of God would be upon those in the house today. I pray you will bless them. You will keep them. You will let your face shine upon them. Give them peace and joy both now and forever. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you give the Lord a hand clap for His word today? We love you, Lord. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day, and God bless.